Hi and welcome to the BL podcast. I'm your host Jyoti Bantia and with me we have Neeti Sharma, co-founder and president Team Lease EdTech and Vinay Joy, partner at Khetan and Co. In this podcast we'll touch on topics of hiring and hiring trends for the next half of the year and also on startup hiring and hiring trends for the same. So my first question to Neeti is this. So recent reports suggest that there would be a marginal increase in the intent to hire freshers in the second half of the year. So if you could give our listeners a comprehensive understanding of this and especially when it comes to the startup ecosystem. Hi Jyoti, thanks for having me as part of this podcast. Your question is absolutely bang on, you know. There is an intent to hire and I, I will touch upon the fresher hiring before I move on to the lateral hiring. While it is true that the fresher hiring intent has increased marginally for the next uh, half of this financial year, it is encouraging to see that startups are still interested in hiring freshers and employees for entry-level jobs. Now, that's a big plus for us given what was happening over the last few quarters in the industry. Some of the key job roles that are in demand at the entry level, you know, are very interesting job roles, which organizations did not actually take freshers for. Somebody like a UX or a UI designer, a DevOps engineer, robotics engineer, a full stack developer. I mean, there is so much happening at an entry level and the intent to get fresh blood into the ecosystem, into the labor market. Uh, so even while the percentage of uh, fresher hiring has marginally increased, the fact that the job profiles are becoming more interesting, the fact that uh, startups and even other organizations are looking at bringing in fresh blood into the ecosystem is very, very encouraging. Obviously, the funding winter has had some effect in the overall startup ecosystem, but I think startups are now focusing on being resilient and building a lean but a very strong workforce, which actually continues to work with them for a much longer term than what it was in the past. The aggressive hiring that we had seen in 2021 is obviously likely to be a one-off case. Uh, you know, where there were, you know, startups were flushed with funds. There was a lot of hiring happening. There was a lot of development happening. And the markets were actually, you know, pushing this whole uh, environment. Right now, you know, organizations and startups equally are focusing on profitability, uh, cost effectiveness and not, not cost cutting as much. And of course, cash conservation. However, there are the job roles that I listed earlier and also other job roles which require cognitive ability of pressures that are coming into the labor market. I think those requirements continue and employers and startups are going to hire you know, fresh blood into their organizations. Absolutely, that's true. Given the turn that the startup ecosystem has seen from 21-22 to now, few things here and there have been difficult to come by but the intent to hire remains strong. Vinay, if you could please come and weigh in on this. Thanks Jyoti. I have a slightly different take on this and uh, maybe some of that is more anecdotal evidence from my own experience but what I've been seeing is while like Neeti said you know there are newer roles and companies are hiring for those roles specifically the fact remains that I think business sentiment I think has cooled a little bit over the past year. 
And what I mean when I say that is just simply, you know, investment coming into India. Uh, some of it being an obvious cool off from, you know, the highs that we reached during the COVID years in terms of just sheer investment and, you know, business transactions happening across sectors, which prompted most companies to sort of aggressively go out and hire a lot of talent and, you know, having proper talent wars with, uh, you know, to fill in roles within their companies. Uh, the fact is that, you know, the market, I would say, has cooled a little bit over the past year. And to that extent, uh, since a few regulatory changes have also prompted, uh, you know, uh, VC and PE funding into the startup ecosystem uh, to sort of scale back. And that's caused a lot of uh, these companies to rethink their models as well. And like Neeti said, you know, look for more cost effective means of, you know, how to do business. And I think that's prompted them to sort of look for, you know, existing employees to upskill or reskill and sort of get into newer roles, sort of try and make use of AI and automation. And to that extent, I think there has been a slight scaling back in terms of that demand because, and maybe we'll discuss this a little later, but, you know, also there have been a couple of layoff cycles, which also sort of demonstrates that certain companies thought that they had sort of gone a little overboard with their hiring earlier and are now looking to sort of cool that down. So, I think there is still demand. Yes. Will it be as high as the past few years? I'm not entirely sure, but, you know, I think you folks are also the experts on, you know, seeing the market and, uh, you know, I'd be happy to sort of hear otherwise. Yeah. I mean, the churn that the startup ecosystem has seen after the COVID cooldown is definitely affecting the market, but hopefully the newer roles would open up in fields that were not generally where fresher hiring was generally seen. Reports also suggest that the fresher hiring intent in e-commerce and tech startups have actually gone up. And when this is just uh, positioned against the backdrop of, you know, the ongoing layoffs in certain sectors, how do you think this is going to play out? Uh, Neeti, if you could please go first. Yeah, look, I think uh, you're right that e-commerce tech startups are exhibiting more intent to hire freshers. But we must actually look at both these sectors broken down into multiple micro sectors, right, in the entire startup ecosystem. I mean, the tech startup uh, segment can be broken down into health tech, ed tech, uh, logistic tech, HR tech, fintech. There's just, so, and of course, there's this pure tech tech. So when we are saying tech, it's not just the pure technology, uh, you know, service companies or product companies that are that probably are looking at hiring, but maybe health tech, maybe uh, fintech, right, or uh, retail tech. I mean, there's just so much happening in various micro sectors and in, in the tech industry. But I think some of them are actually looking at continuing to hire. Uh, of course, edtech has not been hiring for for various reasons. They have had layoffs. But but I think each sector has their has their own factor. But let's say uh, st factors such as increased cost of capital, interest rates, decline in the value of tech stocks. Obviously, there's so much happening in the ecosystem that some of these segments may not be looking at hiring, you know, in very high volumes. And like Vinay said, you know, I obviously I don't think we're going to hire at the rate we hired pre-COVID or even during COVID, especially in the tech and the e-commerce sector. That's obvious. That has come down post uh, the COVID sentiments have cooled down, but I think now, uh, you know, going further, 
my view is that there'll be more rationalization and the type of people we hire and the volume of people we hire because it's not going to be hey you know i need 30 developers so let me like take that 30 developers doesn't matter what skill sets they come in come in with now organizations will ensure that they come in with a certain opening balance of skill sets uh, of being able to learn on the go being resilient and being adaptable to the kind of uh, you know changing environment that we have in the tech in the and the e-commerce industry so uh, you know it's important to also note that a lot of hiring that these two segments that you mentioned jyoti e-commerce and the tech uh, startup segment is happening at the entry level at much lower costs so more than more than just taking in headcount it's headcount at what cost and for what levels of productivity. I think organizations and startups clearly are thinking on those lines, which was not the case till about two years ago. Uh, we, we see that shift happening. Uh, like when I said, yes, you know, employers are making investments in upskilling and reskilling their existing for workforce. But we've also seen that, you know, certain, certain segments of these employers are hiring freshers and at a much lower cost than probably what they would hire a particular lateral, putting them through some sort of induction and bootcamp programs so that they are brought up to speed to a certain productivity. The belief, and obviously there are a lot of reports and data that say that the ROI that the employers and startups get by doing this process of bringing in a fresher at a certain cost, making an investment for a three to four month bootcamp learning, and then put deploying them on the job is a lot higher than just taking one lateral at a at a higher um, cost. So so that's really what's happening in the e-commerce and the tech uh, industry, Jyoti. Vinay, if you could please weigh in. I agree with Neeti. I think, I mean, I think, uh, interestingly, to my mind, uh, one of the things that has still remained strong generally has been consumer demand. And I think while at least we in the metro cities have been been fairly familiar with larger e-commerce players for the last uh, few years i would say that trend has caught on in smaller cities as well where demand has picked up for larger e-commerce players and therefore with respect to their hiring uh, you know i do see why there is an uptick there um, i think the only thing i'd like to add there is uh, you know my understanding also is that in the e-commerce sector there is a lot of you know part time contracting or a lot of hiring is done for specific uh, time periods in an year or you know during specific durations because at that those are points you know typically festival times etc when there is a larger workload so i think a lot of these e-commerce players also look to make you know more hires during specific periods of the year so in a way that uh, data it might show as increased hiring there but i agree with neeti's point on uh, them companies looking to have more effective uh, hiring and you know hiring freshers looking to give them training etc i think that's uh, i think what uh, one of the advantages of the now reeling tech sector was that you know we've had uh, lots of quick courses that uh, you know freshers were able to sort of make use of uh, to sort of upskill and you know learn new skills and sort of put that into uh, place in uh, a new role uh, and at a much cheaper cost I think one of the effects, I would say, also of the layoff cycles that we have seen uh, late last year, earlier this year, etc., uh, in the tech uh, and e-commerce sectors as well, 
uh, was to do with the fact that uh, you know companies uh, it it has become in a way more of an employer market at this time, uh, which means that they are able to offer lower salaries and still get uh, folks to join up and you know learn on the job. So I think companies are making use of that. Uh, I think we are still. Uh, and this year, I expect to be slightly cyclical in terms of rationalization and how uh, things go. Uh, and so to that extent, on the tech side, I'm not sure that cycle is entirely over. Uh, we might still have some yet to come, uh, given that there are uh, other global economies in parallel who are stepping into recession or where business sentiment has cooled a lot, a lot more than it has in India. Uh, but for now, I think India is still much more bullish than other markets and at least these sectors still continue to do well uh, in the larger scheme of the Indian economy. And so to that extent, yes, I think hiring would still be stronger here than relatively in other sectors. Right. Now, if we touch upon different demographics and geographies, how does the hiring intent look like in tier two and tier three cities? As you guys touched upon that the festive season is around the corner because of which probably temporary workforce hiring has gone up in certain spaces. So do you think that tier two and tier three cities will also see that? And also with the fact that almost a lot of these companies are providing hybrid solutions, you know, or probably just completely work from home for some of these employees. So do you think that the tier two and tier three cities could see a much more hiring intent as compared to other places. Neeti, if you could please go yeah. first. Jyoti, I think in terms of absolute volume of hiring, you know, we can't beat the bigger cities, right? The smaller cities will still have lower volumes. But if we compare it relatively to the last few quarters of the last year, absolutely, yes, tier two and tier three cities will continue to see a uptick in hiring in the requirements that these employers actually have and like when I was rightly saying I mean the whole festive hiring right now I mean uh, Onam has already started right the tenders of Onam has started uh, Onam hiring actually started for Kerala in the month of May and June it's not it's not now right because the requirement of workforce is in this period from now till maybe a Diwali or Christmas so every demographic, every city in India actually has a requirement which is different from other cities. Uh, likewise, as I give an example of Kerala, you know, there are other cities now in the Maharashtra, uh, in Maharashtra uh, with the Ganpati festival kicking on, that their requirement has actually come up for hiring maybe a month ago. Saying in from, from September, you know, the festive season is kicking off. So can we start looking at hiring? And this is not just a Mumbai, Pune. It's actually Nasik. It's it's Nagpur. It's, it's you know, a Coimbatore in Tamil Nadu. It's Indore. It's Kochi. Uh, you know, and there's Ahmedabad. There's Chandigarh. So all of these cities are actually going to see a continuous increase in hiring. We mentioned e-commerce and tech. And if I stick to just these two sectors, e-commerce obviously is because of this whole requirement that is needed for additional manpower with this festive season kicking off. But in terms of tech, and while I know that a lot of employers have asked their employees to come back to base location, 
there are still many organizations and many startups where employees continue to work from their home locations. And there's nothing wrong as long as productivity continues. That, that is where we also see that there is going to be an increased demand for people to actually take jobs which are remote work, hybrid work, work from home locations. Because startups really are not as keen as bringing people back full-time. In fact, a lot, lot of startups during COVID had to give up their office spaces, their infrastructure because of cost reasons and various other reasons. And it's okay that they're actually not coming back full-time to you know physical work. Uh, they're okay with hybrid and remote work. And that's where we see that the requirements in cities like a Jaipur or a Coimbatore or a Indore or a Bhopal or a Kochi or Trivandrum increasing much more than what it was year on year. In terms of absolute volumes, like I said, obviously the tier two, tier three cities volume will never match the tier one city volumes. Yeah. Vinay, if you could please weigh in. I think I could hardly add anything more than what Neeti has just said. She's summed it up absolutely correctly. Although I think the only point I thought which surprised me, honestly, is just the sheer level of business moving into tier two cities, even in something like the tech sector. I think a few of the cities that Neeti mentioned there, whether it was Cochin, whether it's an Indore, whether it is Coimbatore, you know, I'm very interestingly finding that a lot of large multinational companies have actually set up development centers there or, you know, outposts there where they're sort of aggressively hiring for local talent uh, to sort of provide services. And I think that's a very welcome trend. I think, you know, that's really a welcome change for a number of these cities in terms of, you know, improving lifestyles, improving demographic. And, you know, like Neeti said, relative numbers, relative percentage wise, I'm sure those numbers are up in tier two and tier three cities. But um, I think, yeah, just given the scale of our tier one cities, like say your Bangalore, Hyderabad, your NCR region, Mumbai, etc., just for sheer hiring numbers, I don't think you'll sort of beat them out just in terms of just the sheer numbers, but maybe relative percentage-wise, yes, uh, because it's also a move for companies to find uh, talent that is not necessarily the same cost. There are cost savings associated for them in setting up these operations and finding relevant talent in these tier two or tier three cities, and I think that's. Uh, you know, again, something that a lot of companies have factored into their business plans and they're looking to operationalize that. So I think going forward, we would definitely see that increase uh, in hiring in these uh, smaller cities as well. True. So efforts are being made in today's time and generation and changing of times where, you know, intersectionality as well as equal opportunities for women from diverse backgrounds is very, very important for an organization. What is the trajectory for the women participation in the job market today as compared to yours? And what is the hiring intent looking like, you know, women participation and jobs for the remaining half of the year and the coming few years? Vinay, if you could go first. Sure. So I think uh, definitely a lot of companies have taken up diversity and inclusion measures over the last few years. It's uh, become, while earlier it was seen as, maybe something of a woke concept and we don't necessarily have to follow that. But increasingly with multinationals adopting these practices uh, to stay competitive, local businesses have also taken on that mantle to sort of look to have a more diverse workforce because I think there are numerous studies that look to show that, you know, having people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, I think that definitely uh, helps an organization also, I think, you know, there are studies which show that women employees are more loyal, 
are likelier to sort of stick on for longer, you know, work harder. So I think, you know, the data is all out there. I do think, you know, as an increasing trend, we are definitely seeing that. And, you know, there are, of course, you know, certain companies that very seriously, I think uh, I was reading uh, some time ago about, in fact, uh, Walmart, I think, had done a hackathon f- specifically for uh, female coders and, uh, you know, to look to sort of hire female coders for their operations from engineering companies. And we find similar aspects as well. We know that there are global companies who have set uh, internal targets as well uh, for themselves to have a diverse workforce, to have certain percentage numbers uh, sort of met within certain timelines. And I think all of that is, I would say, a welcome change. It's sort of, uh, you know, sort of forcing others to sort of move in that direction as well. And I think, uh, you know, with more and more with ESG becoming a buzzword uh, in Indian business circles as well, uh, you know, I think with a lot of the reporting, uh, which will hopefully come in in the next few years, I think there's already a requirement for that the SEBI has uh, sort of brought into place for, uh, you know, the top publicly listed companies to sort of put out, you know, the ratio of their workforce in their annual reports. There are no consequences with not having certain numbers met, etc. But it's really meant to be an eye-opener for shareholders when going through these reports to try and see, okay, what is the nature of the workforce? You know, is it too skewed in one sort of way or is it more balanced? And I think just that, you know, naming and shaming sort of approach, I think it's forcing a lot of companies to sort of take these moves as well. So I think on the whole, I definitely see the trend towards that. And increasingly, I would think that that is something that would come up. Neeti, if you could please weigh in. Sure, Jyoti. Uh, I'll just add to what Vinay was saying. I think in my mind, the biggest upside of COVID was enabling more and more women to come back to active workforce, more in the services and the tech sector and not obviously in the manufacturing sector. Uh, We've seen a lot of women who have actually been able to restart their careers maybe after a child break after you know some after marriage after moving cities and I think employers now are seeing this as an additional pool they can look at hiring something that a lot of us had actually missed pre-COVID we realized that talent is not just what I get in one location physically and only in one particular set of people I could actually look at bringing women back in to workforce by, like when I was saying, doing a hackathon and, you know, ensuring we get the best in breed uh, women workforce. Uh, there are employers who have actually looked at bringing in women, giving them facilities so they could work remotely or if they're coming to their workplaces, there is a childcare facility being provided. There are pickup drop facilities being provided. So I think a lot is happening in actually bringing, uh, you know, and I would say women you know, uh, in, into the workforce. But along with that, I think the other aspect that has picked up in the last few years is the concept of a gig workforce. For a lot of tech startups, a lot of e-com startups are looking at bringing in women and of course, other talent in form of gig employees and ensuring that they're given the flexibility to operate the, the way they want to operate work on project based as long as there's productivity and there is outcome based metrics that are being defined so i think today overall participation of women in the workforce while of course we keep talking about it's 20 percent and it's a concern and there's a lot of dropouts happening but i see a lot of employers making very active uh, efforts to ensure that more and more women come back uh, into workforce and there are more women 
who are hired as first term employees as well given the opportunity given the fact that we're looking at hiring in tier 2 tier 3 cities so the so the challenges of migration moving cities is actually going away you know as as a line item in a lot of our minds uh, of course the other factors that employers are now looking at working on is uh, is reducing the gender pay gap uh, equal opportunities being provided to almost everyone as long as skills are intact and we are not looking at where they are coming from and what gender they are from and uh, on a positive note i would like to say that we've seen a huge upsurge in the women participation in tier 2 cities as well both in the uh, full time employment uh, segment as well as the gig workforce segment absolutely there is another trend that we are seeing and that is on lateral hiring so basically even on the senior level or the uh, mid to senior level places the hiring intent is there but not as strongly as it was before so do you think that you know when skilling happens or when you know an a company is able to spend some money on upskilling or employees themselves have taken up uh, taken it upon themselves that we will skill ourselves and add more skills so that we become more employable is that also playing a role vinay if you could please go first i definitely think that uh, jyoti i think i think a lot of companies are relying on whether it's internal job postings and that is creating a motivation for folks to like i said upskill and take up newer roles etc or just to look to groom in uh, folks to sort of take up an ongoing role i think that is something that at least i am increasingly seeing uh, as something but uh, i think it's also very job dependent i think there are specific strengths in particular roles that only you may not have within the team and it might take longer uh, for someone to be able to cultivate that uh, sort of expertise and so to that extent uh, we still do at least i am still seeing a lot of lateral hiring happen as well uh, maybe not as much as before um, because like i said i think uh, it's a variety of things like i mentioned earlier i think there is a lot of focus on ai on automation on being able to sort of cut down you know on looking i think one example that neeti took was you know rather than say just hiring for 30 developer roles uh who may not have that experience and they just have the degrees for that now i think you're looking to be a lot more selective uh, you are looking to sort of hire if you don't have someone who might specifically fit in a slot you will then look to the market and look to you know make the appropriate hire for that um but i think it's not as indiscriminate as before and so i do think you know numbers might come down it will really depend upon expertise that people sort of cultivate the sort of brand that they build for themselves or in particular roles or the sort of kind of work that they have been doing and then depending on a company's own requirements of whether to sort of fill in those roles with uh, you know people quickly who are already up to task and hit it can hit the ground running or whether it's simply to augment a role that they think will come into play 6 months one year down the line and therefore to groom someone from within or someone to sort of encourage someone to pick up an extra skill set to be able to perform that uh, that really is more job dependent so i can't say in absolute terms whether it's uh, you know it will be more it will be less but at least my gut feel is that uh, this might come down a little bit other than for those specific roles but uh, i would sort of go with what neeti would say because she would be the expert here neeti if you could please 
So, okay, let, I, I'll just probably give you some statistics that we had drawn through a survey we had conducted a couple of months ago. Uh, when we actually asked employers and employees on the internal hiring, upskilling and, you know, internal movement to uh, to higher roles, about 16 to 20% of the people who actually undergo upskilling and reskilling within an employee, employee ecosystem end up actually getting a career advancement. Okay, so there is obviously merit for employers to make these, uh, uh, you know, these investments. Of course, like when I said, it's job dependent, it dependent, it's industry dependent. It, it is also, do I do it now or do I wait for, let's say in the tech side, wait for a project to come in. And then I start doing the whole upscaling, rescaling, uh, you know, bit uh, for the company. So, so there is merit in making the investments and ensuring that there is some sort, some sort of internal movement to close certain roles because the cost of hire for that organization thereby comes down dramatically, right? And productivity can can hit it hit on day one if you know not day one at least week one or month one. Lateral hires continue, may not be as high as what it was again maybe two years ago or one year ago because unfortunately our reference points right now and the trend that we are talking about is through the COVID period. Where in the tech side, obviously in the e-commerce side and many other industries, hiring hit the roof. So if you know, if you actually do pre-COVID to now, maybe that may be a better metric to start talking about. Uh, I think lateral will continue. I don't think we can shy away. There's lots of replacements happening uh, because uh, people are being replaced for the skills that the organizations need now, and not just I need to fill in a you know a headcount. But uh, having said that. Uh, even for lateral, there is a lot of investments organizations are making in terms of upskilling and reskilling them so that they become productive for that particular role. And of course, internal upskilling ensures about 16 to 20% jobs uh, are filled, uh, you know, with internal job rotations. Okay. Thank you so much for taking our time and doing this podcast with me. It was really nice to get all your insights on hiring. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jyoti. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Jyoti.